0: This is episode number one with Elsie and Dominica, the founders of Clean Beauty Co. in London. Welcome to Zila Food. Zila is the German word for soul, so soul food, but Zila food. This podcast is in conjunction with Zila Magazine, an online magazine bridging faith, cultures, and culture. I'm Ali Portee, an American Southern girl who travels and loves talking to people. I'm bringing you conversations from global movers and shakers from somewhere in the world. From these conversations hopefully you'll be inspired to move and shake too. Thanks for spending time with me today. I hope you get fed so let's begin. Elsie and Dominica are two British businesswomen in London. They founded Clean Beauty Co. They're pioneers of natural beauty and they met at work in London and after getting to know each other they decided to start a business. Reading ingredient labels was their thing and it didn't stop with food labels. They started reading beauty product labels and they were horrified. Both ladies make products with active botanicals and ingredients that nourish and feed the skin and hair. Their products are good for your skin, better for your body, better for the environment, and just better for everyone. What inspired y'all, or how did Clean Beauty Co. come to be? Yeah, yeah
1: um, it was, so it goes back to us, the two of us meeting, um, so we used to work together just on this street actually, down there. Yeah. Um, what were y'all doing? We were in digital advertising, um, so it was video advertising, and basically we both got hired at the same time to do a very similar role um selling so the video ads that sit in front of when you're trying to watch a video online and they play an ad first mm-hmm. that was us selling them oh, I see. <laughs> yeah okay. so yeah it was um a fun job um and we i mean we hit it off straight away we became um you know really good friends we had loads in common but one thing that really kind of struck a chord for both of us and it was at the time when the sort of wellness trend was hitting the uk Mm -hmm. um was just a kind of exploration and understanding of health and fitness and um food and different types of food and um we were both kind of started on and, and went through that journey together um, and we did some mad things that like we were vegan for a while and it didn't last very long so yeah but there were all these amazing food bloggers I'm sure you guys have it in the US as well who are kind of pioneering that scene and we were really interested in them and found them really interesting found their journeys really interesting um, and we go to the gym all the time together we did like triathlons and marathons and just We were kind of, it was really nice to have somebody there to kind of go on that journey with and um, start to understand how food and and fitness actually fuel fuel your body. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time we were in sales roles, so it was our job to entertain clients. And the two of us, um, big beauty junkies, so we'd take clients out to get our nails done and our hair done and go for facials and all of that kind of stuff, all on the corporate credit card, which was nice. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) and yeah beauty has always been a a big part of our lives you know we find it we find it empowering we find it fun um you know from the age of 14 we've been experimenting with blue mascara and all of that kind of stuff so um clean beauty was a sort of collision of those two things um because we were really really interested in in kind of um obsessing over ingredient labels Mm -hmm. of food yeah because we understood what those ingredients meant for our bodies but we'd actually never applied those rules to our beauty ingredients but that doesn't make any sense and the more we spoke about it the more we were kind of starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable with it because we were like, well, our skin is an organ you know, why haven't we started to think about what we're putting all over it, it absorbs stuff right. um, so we did um, the pair of us sat down together and tried to kind of pick apart and label of one of our favourite creams often very expensive creams and um, I think what we found was quite disappointing in a lot of cases um, it's it quite difficult to decipher, but once we kind of understood what was going into these products, we just felt a bit betrayed and just a bit like, you know, there are some things that caused alarm, but what kind of the, the point that really drilled home with us was that um, there was just not enough of the active botanicals that these companies were talking about to actually make a difference to us at all. Right. It was mainly water, yeah. and we were like, Oh, that doesn't make any sense why are we paying so much for all of this stuff so we decided to kind of take it back a few steps and really start to understand beauty formulation and that's kind of how the blog started because that's how we started out that. we were a blog first of all um I see. so it was yeah and, and I think because it was the two of us and we had each other and we had our friendship and mm-hmm. um we found it just so fun so we would spend our weekends just in the kitchen trying to basically making beauty products I
0: see um, so it was a blog for like skin recipes it's Exactly. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And then the concept yeah.
1: came to make products. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it, the, the kind of making products came from a want from our audience, didn't it? Really, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. I guess people, as
2: much as they would love to kind of spend their Sundays making YouTube products, it's not always a feasible thing. And. And I think what won us a, a huge audience was our transparency as well. So we were always incredibly upfront with ingredients, how we use them, why why they were there. Mm-hmm. Because what we found when we started looking at ingredients labels is that it felt a little bit elitist, it felt a little bit exclusive, it was like if you don't have a science degree, mm-hmm. you don't have the right to understand what's in your products, which yeah. is ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. We are consumers, we deserve to know every ingredient. It's uh, And what you tend to find is that a lot of ingredients are there and you're not really sure what their function is or if if they have any benefits for the skin, or if they're just purely for, from a functional perspective, mm-hmm. um, so we're always really transparent with each ingredient, why it's there, what purpose it serves, both from a holistic, you know, skin nurturing point of view, but also a scientific functional point of view, because there are some ingredients that you. Need you're going to make things like lotions, you need preservatives, That you know there's a whole host of of scientific ingredients you need, but the nice thing about natural is that you can often find ingredients that also have really nice holistic benefits as well, Um, so you kind of get that dual function, which you typically don't get when you use synthetic ingredients because they're manufactured for a specific purpose rather than kind of coincidentally being able to be used for this, but it also is great for that.
0: was was there a fear in actually starting a business because the statistics show to get a woman to run for political office you've got to ask her like two or three times whereas you only really have to ask a man once to run for office so to to take the plunge to and I don't know did you quit your jobs immediately Um, but was there a fear to actually starting to sell a product yeah I guess the
2: thing is that we're both quite ambitious and, and I guess by nature we're, we're both a little bit fearless. Um, we kind of just dive head straight into things and kind of think about the consequences later. Um, so, I mean, we ran the business for probably 18 months before we um, decided to leave up for 12 jobs. Um, and that was a conversation where we sat down and, and it just got to the point where the work was just too overwhelming. And it was either kind of like, we either just go for it or we give it up because we're not doing either of our jobs justice at this point um, and I think we're in the fortunate position that we don't have families and we don't have mortgages and, and it's kind of a, an ideal time to take a bit of a risk in your career because you know we have the CV that if we needed to we could go back and work quite sure. easily I think. Um,
0: and how old were y'all when you started the blog and then when you started to sell products? 27, 28 when we
1: started, I'm, I've just turned 30 now and Don's 29 now. Okay. We quit our jobs at 29, okay. we quit last September. Okay, Yeah. so we're nine for six months now, Yeah, okay. and we, you know, the, the decision was, uh, you know, one of the biggest ones we've had to make in our career. Well, no, I think the single biggest one I've had to make in my career so far anyway, because we were both in um, really cushy jobs. When we look back now, we were like, I can't believe how good we had things. You know, we'd really built up a name for ourselves in the companies that we were working at, and we were both kind of excelling in those roles. So when we approached our bosses to say that we were leaving, they were kind of quite shocked, because it was like, why, how? You know, you're doing so well, what do you... But I think you can't argue with somebody following the dreams and so actually they were incredibly supportive once we sort of explained it all but yeah it was a decision that we didn't take lightly and I think we were at a natural position where we're old enough and, and experienced enough to, to, to lend well to the business but we, aren't, we weren't too far into our careers and we didn't have children. I think if either of us had children it would may have made things harder leaving a security a security of a full time um, salary much mm-hmm. harder.
0: what advice would you give to a man or a woman whether they're 20 or 40 or yeah. 60 wanting to start a business what, what piece of advice would you give? do it go for
2: it I think also it's important to test the waters I mean everyone has a great business idea and I guess we were fortunate in that we, we were already up and running we had traction obviously running a Full time job alongside, I mean, running a business alongside a full time job isn't possible yeah. for everyone. Mm-hmm. Again, the advantage is that there were two of us, so we could split the workload and we were able to get somewhere while still working. But definitely, yeah. test your waters. You know, don't have a great business idea and then quit the day job the next day. You know, set things up, see how things go. Because ultimately, in this day and age, the internet technology enables people to work anywhere, anytime, yeah. and often that's weekends, that's even. Evenings, but you know that that's the
1: kind
2: of sacrifice that you you often have
1: to make at the start to, to test whether your business is viable or oh. not. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And and the decision of leaving a full time salary as well, I wouldn't take that lightly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, there does there's a, a huge element yeah. of risk, and it does take somebody who's slightly risk. No, adverse is the wrong way around. Risk adverse. Yeah. yeah. No. Who's up, no, no. No. Who's up take the risk? Yeah. <laughs> Um, to be able to do it, um, but having said that, you know we thought it through massively, and and I would I would give that advice to anybody. Make sure that you're because if you're not ready to do it, if you don't have a way of funding yourself for a while. Yeah, um, you're going to put extra pressure and extra strain on yourself, and that financial worry is is something that I think would just put more pressure on mm-hmm. making the business succeed and it might actually be detrimental in the long run so and it
2: can force you to make maybe short term decisions that are beneficial but not long term so yeah. if you feel like you're running out of money you might make decisions to give the business income in some way but they might not be you know long term the best thing for the business yeah.
0: so. and trust is a big part you two have to be able to trust one another yeah. to be able to work together and I I guess you already knew one another beforehand. Yeah. Was there, did you bring in investors? Like, how do you know how to trust other outside um, companies or um, whatever it takes to make a business go? Like, how do you have the discernment to yeah. trust you know each other from the beginning and then other people trusting
1: each other was down to the fact that we we knew each other and that's really important but i think our relationship was quite important because we knew each other from a, a work context mm-hmm. so we know we knew how the other one worked I, I that's how i know dominica you know and so rather than her being a friend, and I had no idea what she's like in the workplace, mm-hmm. it was actually the opposite. She was, I knew her in the workplace first and then she became a friend, so that was really important because I trusted that she's a hard worker, I like her work ethic and it matches mine, mm-hmm. and also we don't have a history of this long friendship where there's loads of emotion tied into it and if one person said this to them then they'd be upset, so that was really important I think. Okay. Um, we, we've brought in a lot of external companies to help us because we're big believers in um, filling in any gap in your skill set with people who know what they're doing and we're the first to put our hands up and say this is the first time that we've run a business, it's the first time that we've um, ventured into beauty as an industry, we're new to the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's loads of elements of the business that we don't understand. So we've brought in external people to help us. And I think, I would say, don't be afraid of doing that, definitely do it. You can't do like everything by yourself. Yeah, we've got consultants, we've got agencies that we work with. Um, what we did with every single one of them was meet them first of all and spent a long time with them to make sure that that chemistry was right. Mm-hmm. Um, because you'll end up spending a lot of time with them, uh, so and that's really important. And meet with a few and, and yeah. get some and comparisons, quotes. yeah. And compare quotes financially. Compare how you feel with with them, like if that chemistry is there, if you get on with them, if you don't get on with them, that's going to be a problem. Yeah.
0: So, so, so you, you have, have to, to listen cheaper. to yourself, to your gut, um, your intuition. Yeah. Yeah. A There's lot of intuition. it is intuition, and yeah, I think sure. if you've
1: got
2: a good intuition, trust it. Um, yeah. And I think from from a business partner perspective, just make sure the, the playing field is always equal. So we've invested down to the last cent the same amount of money. You know, we'll always withdraw the same amount of money, we own the same in the company. Mm-hmm. Everything is split 50-50 and it will continue to do so. So yeah. again, it doesn't feel like one person's carrying the burden and while the other one's kind of investing less or risking less. Everything has to be 50-50 and that, that then translates to an element of trust because we've both got the same stake. So if one of us is, is not pulling their way, mm-hmm. you know, both, both, both of us will suffer. suffer. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So after you did your blog, and then you decide to you know, keep your jobs for a while, and then now it's six months later, you, you're you doing this full-time. Yeah. What are the steps in doing a business? Did you have to come up with a business plan, um, investors? Yeah. How does that work for those out there who uh, are trying to figure out what are the steps that you take to start yeah. the quite a natural
2: evolution in that we started producing content and the content we were then able to monetize through events, through workshops and also through a book that we got published um, by Penguin Random House. So there's an element of our business that's content focused but it also, it also brings us revenue and then from a product perspective obviously we sell these products. Um, so, there wasn't a point where we kind of sat down and, and drew up a master plan. A lot of the things that have fallen into place in terms of um, you know revenue for us have been quite organic. We've seen an opportunity and kind of just run with it. But there's definitely been points, particularly when we um, got a Virgin funding as well, where we had to sit down and really... Do a business plan, hash out the numbers, be really clear on what we were doing, where we were going. Um, but the thing I would say is, even since we've done that in, in December, the business has evolved so much, and almost that piece of paper that we did two months ago is a little bit irrelevant now. Mm. So if you do draw up business plans and forecast, don't be alarmed if they change and feel comfortable with you know, switching gears quite quickly, particularly when you're small, and that will happen all the time. And opportunities will fall in your lap, and you just have to run with them. I
0: guess that's why you should take a risk, right? Because sometimes, before you take the plunge to start a business, you're thinking about, oh, what about this and this, and I don't have this and this, but if you just take the little baby step, then, things, yeah. opportunities Yeah, you out. like yeah. us giving up our full-time, yeah. full-time roles meant
1: that the workload just naturally doubled, tripled. We were making more work for ourselves yeah. Yeah. in just the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with that, we were, we were opening up more opportunities, which we never would have been able to do had we not quit our jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we did things kind of backwards in a way, and most of the business books out there, and look, we're still such a young business, so I don't even know if we can be giving a advice yet but most of the business books out there will say you, sh- you need to sit down and do a business plan before you do anything and we didn't we didn't do a business plan until as Dom says uh, December when we were applying for a loan through Virgin which they awarded us um, because we already ha- went profitable and it was great because it actually took us back to the drawing board and made us um, be really sensible about numbers that perhaps we hadn't looked at and we had to do it. It was it was crucial and now we're much clearer on kind of forecasts and stuff. But equally I mean we were running a, a profitable business before we'd even written it down on paper and that's just because yeah, we grabbed opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't say, mm, I can't do that before I've written my business plan. We said, Yeah we'll do that, of course we will you know, yes we'll write a book, yes we'll do these workshops. So yeah. I think if you just gotta be um, open you have to be really really open but then yeah eventually the numbers will <laughs> you do have to cement things in a kind of um, a solid base of financial forecast to make sure that your business is, is viable um, it's just don't don't
2: inhibit yourself if you haven't done that yet. Yeah. What's been your, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say is also things don't need to be done perfectly. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's better to launch than launch perfectly. You know, it's better to launch without a business plan than with an absolute robust business plan and it takes you a year. So, sometimes it's just better to get things done rather than have them 100% perfect and that can apply to things like business plans or financials. Obviously, at some point, particularly with investors, I mean, if you're going for any sort of you to have those documents, yeah. but almost how do you even know before you tried, How can you put those fingers, figures together, those sales forecasts, that revenue forecast, until you've done something? because then you're kind of just sticking your finger in the air as well. Yeah.
0: When you presented to Virgin, I assume you had to present you know the numbers and everything. Yeah. Um, was it a room full of men or was it balanced like men and women? Well, the Be- workshop that we did was probably
1: about fifty. 50. Yeah, it was. it was. It was. It was with other entrepreneurs. So uh. their their process is You go to a day long workshop with them. With everybody else who's so applying, um, and you hash out your business and kind of help each other, and then you're assigned a um, not a mentor, but like a a business advisor. Yeah, and that was a guy, and he then helps you propose to the board. Which actually there were there was only one woman, and the rest were men. And you intimidated? Were you intimidated? We were
0: intimidated
1: as well, we young were luckily women. enough.
0: She was the one that reviewed our
2: application. Yeah. Okay. So I think with beauty, it's it's easier to sell the concept to a woman because it's just it's just naturally a, a more slightly feminine thing that you know men aren't necessarily going to understand the power of like beauty products as well as women. So I think we were lucky in that case, and we were also able to like schmooze her with some products and things like that which okay. she liked. Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, the whole board was male, apart yeah. from
1: one
2: woman. Yeah. Yeah. Did you
0: walk out feeling empowered, or especially when they gave you the loan?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was amazing when we, when we, because um, we both applied for the full amount each, which was a bit of a, I mean, not many people do that, but we thought you have to ask for these things, mm-hmm. you know, you have to try. Yeah. The worst they could say was no, but they said yes. Wonderful. <laughs> so, and that's been really crucial to our business because we haven't gone through um, a, a kind of official round of fundraising yet in terms of approaching investors. We're just starting that process now, yeah. but the Virgin Money has helped us. So much um, over the past couple of months. So that's
0: great. Yeah. that's great. Now that it's 2017, how do you both feel as women who have started your own business and knowing that you know over 100 years ago you wouldn't have been able to do that in this country?
1: I think things have obviously clearly come so far and the women that have been fighting for us for the last hundred or so years is is incredible. And we're in a position where, yeah, we we start a business as two females and nobody bats an eyelid because that's, you know, it's acceptable and it hasn't been acceptable. I think we still have a long way to go. Um, I really do believe that. I think that... Yeah, unfortunately, um, in business especially, in politics, we are still an incredibly male-dominated society, country, uh, probably the whole of the Western world, no, the whole of the world, actually, Um, and I think that there are changes that need to be made that are now more subtle than they were 100, 150 years ago when we were fighting for fundamental rights like the vote. I think we're now fighting for subtle adjustments and subtle um, perception changes of women in the workplace and I think we have to keep fighting for that because right now it's still um, a patriarchy, it's still, that's unfortunately the way things are Um, so we mustn't forget that it's still an important job for all of us to to kind of keep striving for equality even if it's no longer equality in a really obvious way, it's equality in in kind of um, more unspoken ways. Yeah. And as a woman, I guess you should never be scared to, to kind of step out on your own. I think
2: we're faced with men all the time, you know, and particularly as we now go into proper investment, investment seeking, I'm sure that we're going to be faced with a lot of bullish men yeah. um, that, you know, I'm, I'm sure that between the two of us we can handle. It's important to not be intimidated in those kind of circumstances, especially if you um, Asking for money, which can always be a little bit of a, a tricky conversation, when it is that um, kind of gender difference as well, and the man holds the purse strings. But I think you know, approaching it with confidence, clarity, you know, being really um, kind of yeah, rational and, and justifying you know, why you run your business and why you need that money, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, any person will be attracted by a good business model and something they can make that money, and it shouldn't be gender specific, so. Mm-hmm. Of
0: course. Two last questions. What would you tell young girls who are still in school and, you know, a bit impressionable and trying to figure out what they want to do? Maybe some of them want to be businesswomen, but what would you tell them, the shy ones, especially, yeah.
2: Just so follow your dreams. I mean, the worst thing that you can do is regret not taking a, a chance and an opportunity. And I think the world is so opportunistic these days. We don't have to follow set career paths. We can be really entrepreneurial and there's so many opportunities for people to start being entrepreneurs from such a young age that I think if, if you've got a good idea that, that you have an intuition that there's a real gap in the market, or just try it. I mean, the worst that can do it doesn't work out you go back to your school your day job and, and you carry on but, um, the lessons that you learn from being an entrepreneur are invaluable all the time and they'll only help you further down the line in your
0: career
1: yeah, yeah and before that like you know we've had 8 or 9 years um, in yeah. the working world before we become an entrepreneur I always knew yeah. that I wanted to do something of my own but actually the journey that I I studied drama it's such wow. a random because I loved it
0: yeah like but you know I,
1: did, I didn't go for an accounting or business or something more vocational that was probably a bit more sensible I studied something that I really loved and then my career is like completely all over the place I made some I jumped around a lot but from studying I've worked for Apple and Facebook and two of the biggest companies in the world but I've also worked for tiny startups that haven't worked at all and have actually been really rubbish I worked in recruitment yeah. like I've got such a weird CV yeah. I used to work in a call centre yeah <laughs> like we've done yeah. like so to get to where we are We've taken risks, mm. we've tried things, we've um, yeah, and, and done what we enjoyed. A lot of what I did was um, driven by looking for something that I really enjoyed before I was kind of putting my sensible hat on. Yeah. And it's worked out, I've got there, so I think don't give up and it's you will get there, you will, you will find your calling, and don't be alarmed if it's not right away, like there's so much pressure on deciding what you want to do in your life, and there's no, at 18 I wanted to be an actress and, and I didn't give that up until I was into my 20s and now I'm doing something that I think is a thousand times better than that, so it's, you don't have to know now, you like make mistakes, take risks and you'll get there.
0: And work all different kinds of jobs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the great, great experience, right, between
2: the two of us, mm-hmm. we've Probably works almost every caliber of industry, (laughs) but then it means that someone somewhere has experience of something. And and I think actually running a business, the best way to see how to run a business is to see people that are doing it badly. And you know we've been unfortunate slash fortunate to have worked for rubbish companies and rubbish bosses. And at least we can recognise okay, those are attributes we don't want to bring to our business. That's not the way to do things. And that's also important. So, yeah, you don't need to finish school and start, um, you know, a trillion-dollar business. Yeah. Work for a few years. See how it's done in the real workplace, and then you can take those learnings and, and improve them.
0: Yeah, that's that's really awesome. Um, last question. So the UN comes up with a theme every year for International Women's Day, and this year's theme is Be Bold for Change. So for both of you, finish the sentence, Be Bold for Change is... Dominica, <laughs> demanding better. Okay, demanding
2: better from our brands, our food, our beauty products. Every
1: asset of life that affects our wellness, demand better. Okay.
0: okay.
1: Mm. And be well for change is um, not giving up. Okay. Yeah, even if it gets tough, don't give up. To, like keep striving for, for change in in all aspects of our society, yeah. particularly as a woman. Don't don't be afraid to be knocked down and get back up again.
0: Yeah, that's the only way you you'll grow, right? Yeah. you'll get to where you're supposed to be. Yes, exactly. well, Thank you all yeah. so much Hi, for answering a few questions.
1: I feel really like inspired. <laughs> 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 I'm to yeah, I'm gonna go be like,
0: yeah hope you enjoyed this podcast conversation and that it fed you in some way to pursue your own dreams be sure to subscribe to zayla Mag at zaylamag.com s-e-e-l-e-m-a-g.com where you'll be automatically entered to win our giveaways and follow us on instagram at zayla Magazine s-e-e-l-e magazine till next time